for this episode happy birthday us rick happy birthday one <laughs> year old and we are discussing documentaries i'm mixing it up kid i i like i like the old formula i i do you know what i just wish the audience could have seen the chats we were having a second before you went on <laughs> and in the minute so so i don't know if like this may be a bit inside of baseball but like when you start a recording on this we have to wait 10 seconds uh it's something to do with the edit and the guy's a bit of an ocd freak with it so you wait 10 seconds of silence and then you talk so we have a very serious chat 10 seconds and then matt goes straight into happy birthday too and does he, he's even doing <laughs> the arms the he's the most adorable <laughs> i want every conversation like us to start like that, <laughs> That's because I'm a professional, Rick. Um, right, today for our for our uh, annual episode, that's what this is going to be, um, I asked Rick to pick something that would complement or is similar in some respects to episode one, which is what we all got started with, which was the Grizzly Man's uh, Timothy Treadwell. I was asked that after someone like that guy, and Rick... Now, Rick is not known to work hard, but when he does put the effort in, it shows because Rick has chosen my Amityville horror. And, mate, you've nailed it. You have <laughs> nailed it. I, I you... could never tell what you're going to say, man. <laughs> you... I honestly can't. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. You. Wow. I'm, I'm watching this going, fucking hell. It's like Timothy Treadwell, too. <laughs> there is a, there is some fucking delusion in this one, isn't there? But is there? See, is there? Um, that, well, let's read the blurb so everyone knows what we're talking about, and then we'll get into it. We will put a YouTube link with yes. this one because that's yeah. where we found it. There is yes. a few things on the Amityville. You yeah. may have heard of. We'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's called My Amityville Horror from the year 2012. Provided was YouTube, and we'll, as Rick said, put the link in the show notes. I didn't even need to say that, but. It's written in the paper, so I need to say it. Uh, the director was Eric Walter. The money, this is weird on the money because the money's been missing in the last few episodes. Uh, the money is $205,000. And then it had in brackets, and I've never seen this before, estimated. So that sounds dodgy. Um, and the accolades, and this is, I went down a rabbit hole with the accolades. Uh, it's one nominee, and that was for the Rondo Hatton Classic Horror Awards for Best Documentary. And just so you know, the winner on that one, Rick, was Beast Wishes, which I started watching the trailers for and started reading about. And it looks awesome. And it's about these two sci-fi ar- archivists. Archivists? Yeah, uh, archivists. Sorry. I, that's my spelling. Um, yeah, and they've kept all the archive material. So every prop that's ever been in a movie, they'll try and track it down and they keep it. Wow. It looks, and that's what won. Um, that it that looks fascinating. So we'll do that another time. <laughs> do okay. you know what? If what and if what Daniel Lutz is saying is true, you'd be fucking good to the guy. And this is the claw. <laughs> exactly. The Freddy Krueger used in number seven. <laughs> that's what the film is. It's that. It's. I don't think we'll do it on here, but we'll watch it just for fun. And here's the blurb on Miami Tville Horror. For the first time in thirty-five years, Daniel Lutz recounts his version of the infamous Amityville haunting that terrorized uh, that terrified his family in 1975. 
George and Kathleen Lutz's story went on to inspire a best-selling novel and the subsequent films have continued to fascinate audiences today. This documentary reveals the horror behind growing up as part of a world-famous haunting and, while Daniel's facts may be others' fiction, the psychological scars he carries are indisputable. Um, Mate, kick us off, because... I must admit, this this documentary ticked all the boxes. And even though I fell asleep for six minutes of it, it was still like, oh, my fucking good God. Well, first off, we this is the, the year anniversary one. And there's one or two documentaries because the problem is the big ones that I'm a huge fan of tend to be series. Yeah. So the, we're, we're coming thin on the ground of shit that I've seen before that I know we can do in one episode. Um. So the the one that was kind of the fine bottle of wine that I was going to choose was going to be the very famous Dear Zachary. But we've both got quite a busy fucking week this week and we don't need to start it. <laughs> Isn't that the most miserable documentary going? It's... It's one of the most heartfelt. I'm not going to give any spoilers right, yeah, to okay. it. Like, yeah, yeah. The, if someone tells you something's the worst or the best or something, it, it never lives up to anything. Yes. It's just a, yeah, a yeah. very engaging story and it right. kind of resonates with people. That's um, the best way to describe Dear Zachary without too, giving too much away. Um, so, But where did you uh, hear about this one then? Why did you... Well, the Amityville Horror... Is a famous horror movie. I know you're not into your horror, but you would have seen The Simpsons in which the house looks like it has eyes. Yeah, I know yeah, you'd have yeah. that as a reference point. It's like the archetypal haunted yes, house yeah, movie yeah. for the last 50 years. Um, and I remember seeing bits and bobs about a behind the, tr- the truth to it. So the true story to the Amityville horror that I'd seen previously was, uh, I think, uh, 70s, 60s or 70s. Uh, Ronnie DeFeo murders his entire family. Yes. There is some strange um, evidence. Like, for instance, there was no silencer on the gun used, but no one got out of bed when six gunshots were going. He murdered them all in their beds. There was no sign of a struggle, anything like that. When he was caught, he claimed the devil made him do it. Yeah. Then, uh, where the story picks up, because unfortunately in America, if someone's shooting their entire family, not enough to really make the story pop. So what they had to, so what happens is uh, a bunch of years later, family buys the house at cut price because no one wants to move into the murder house. Yeah, eighty-eight grand. Eighty-eight grand, and when you see what it was, I mean, eighty-eight grand in the seventies. You'll know better than me. What's that translate as today? That's a ton of. That's still a lot of money. Um, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's a fair house. It's on the river. Yeah. yeah. It's like. And it's on Long Island, right? So in Long it's Island, in New York. Yeah. Long Island's New York, right? It's You can get to Manhattan in an hour. So I'm I'm saying it's New York. I always get confused by New York and the state of New York, but I'm sure some Americans can correct me. Yeah. So uh, as, as I know, so where the movies of the Amityville Horror picks up is the family that buy this house. Right. And I'd seen those movies. I watched the Ryan Reynolds one that came out years ago when I was like 15, 16, 17, something like that. And then I remember seeing a thing about, you know, the the myth of Amityville. And what happened is George Lutz, who Ryan Reynolds plays his character in the movie. Really? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds plays George Lutz. As Not- well as Robert Durst? 
No, no, that's Ryan the other Ryan, isn't Goslin. it? That's yeah, Ryan Goslin. Oh, get my Ryan's mixed up. Yeah. Uh, and so, basically, the story behind that is he befriended the local town sheriff, asked the details of the murder, and then concocted these stories to fit that narrative. For instance, like the rooms in which such and such were murdered, these things happened, if yeah, that makes yeah. sense to you. And I'd heard that, and I'd wanted to find a documentary that spanned across that because they went on book tours, sold the movie rights, they did. all things like yep. that, the Lutz family. This isn't that. I no. saw the trailer to it, and they, they lean into that stuff on the trailer, but this isn't that. This is the story of Daniel Lutz, the child of the family, yeah. the stepson he was the stepson of George, but Kathleen, his mum, was the... Yeah, yeah. that was his real mum. Yeah. And it's about him in his modern day, him telling his story. Yeah. That is what this one is. So I was mistaken, but um, this one, not a bad watch. Not a... But yeah, and if you liked the grizzly man, Timothy Treadwell type character, who... I think I'm just going to have to watch that again, right? Because it's been a year. This guy is... Let me choose my words very carefully in case he ever visits England and makes his way to Kent. Um, this guy is... <laughs> I'm just going to tell him my address in case he ever has a problem <laughs> with what I say. <laughs> um, this guy is a little intense. And then add you initially, it's really off-putting. You genuinely are... And because it's a documentary, it's real, right? The director, uh, Eric, is talking to is talking to him and... Yeah, you're like, fucking hell, man, you're intense. And then he gets even more intenser. And then, oh, Jesus. And then it just keeps. That's the documentary, basically. Yeah, that, it's, the, 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 it's basically, it's a, he's, the, it's two talking heads, right? It's him and a, the reporter. odd one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and fucking hell. He talks to, and we, we keep seeing him being interviewed by a psychoanalyst and psychologist it was it was a psychologist i thought that i wrote that down i she, don't know why I said. she the, la the lady yeah, susan Bar susan bartle is her name and he says to her well what's your most traumatic experience yeah. because i need to know that before to see if if you can analyze me can you analyze me well i need to it's know what you've been through can you relate to my experience of being possessed you're like fucking hell he's a kid in my mind, right, since I'd seen the stuff about how they've cashed in on this story and it's all pretty, it was it was kind of laid bare to me that it's a hoodwink. And they were very fortunate in the fact that the house's windows at the top looked like it had eyes that were looking yes. at you. <laughs> that is kind of like the strangest hook, but this is America's haunted house and you could have a picture of this house that yeah. looked creepy. Um and the fact that so he, I'm kind of there was a real life murder in it that does as in, help. yeah and you got that as a yeah, yeah. backdrop as well but I I was watching it with it is he trying to kind of cash in on this legend because he wouldn't have seen a whole heap of that money because his dad yeah. or his step father-in-law whatever no stepdad would have signed away his rights and he would have been entitled to nothing well he was and 10 they were the right? ones. yeah he was 10 when yeah, he, he was 10 years when old when there. this story yeah. happened um, but I don't think he was. I think he's fucked up. Um, <laughs> well, we'll we'll get to that because halfway and he's sitting there, and he's so oppositional. Like when he goes to see the psychoanalyst, yeah, and she's asking him quite because, and I'm like I said, I wanted you to just know I'm watching this with. Uh, can I spot the lie? Do you know what I mean with that? 
Can I see the in between what he's trying to project to what he actually is? Is he trying to? And the psychoanalyst starts asking him softball questions like, oh, so how did you feel? And he's like, can I just stop you right there? Okay, because I need to know what your biggest trauma is before I do this. And I can't help but put this up against, um, if you think back to Abducted in Plain Sight. Yep. And she's talking about her trauma of everything that that poor fucking lass went through as a kid. And she's not, well, what's happened to you? Before I tell you fucking anything, before yeah. you judge, like he is, he and it is just he is spoiling, almost spoiling for a fight, and with every sentence, and yeah, and, and the thing is, it amps up throughout the documentary. It's a very well made documentary, um, but, but just it's got some weird moments. So he'll like so it. the first one, they sit down with the cassette player and they play back some of his old interviews to him, and um, you have things like I was. Uh, flung up the stairs uh the bed was rattling and you couldn't stop it from rattling and then he goes i'm tired now i don't want to talk about it and that for me was always an indicator of all right i've told the thing word for word i don't want any other questions shut the fuck up and it just cuts to him in sunglasses playing an electric guitar that just cracked me up he's just thrashing along like bill and um his stepdad george in the newspaper clippings and every picture you see of him, even when he's on, he's on the Merv Griffin show. How cool was that? Merv Griffin, friend of the show. He looks like Bill Bryson. You know, the author? No, that's sorry. Um, he's. <laughs> I like the fact you didn't even live for an answer. He, uh, he ran the Keep Britain Tidy campaign. Robert Redford played him in a film of one of his books. He's like one of the best authors in Britain. He's a, American guy from Iowa. Oh. He's no, right. anyway, he looks exactly like him. And I thought, well and that George effectively, you're like, well, his is he a con man? Or was his family really possessed by demons? And then I'm looking at him going, but he's he looks like Bill Bryson. Bill Bryson is the most level headed, intelligent person you could ever hope to meet. He wrote a book called The Short History of Nearly Everything where he lists a short history of almost everything that's ever existed. And it's the most fascinating book. So back up. So what's this got to do with Bill Bryson? Well, this guy looks like Bill Bryson. So I'm like, I was just conflicted. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I, I thought there was the, a leap there. No, no. I was putting the personality of Bill Bryson onto the stepdad, George, who, let's face to it, me, the whole film is about kicking the shit out of George. Yeah. Because um, uh, Daniel does some of these little things that um i don't know what's what these like hero not hero stories but trying trying to insinuate some badass behavior when is this like yeah. so how are you in school daniel goes well i was enrolled in a school my mom thought i was going to a school yeah. do you know what i mean like if i was in a house where fucking indian burial grounds was coming up and grabbing us like oh yeah, i never used to go to science what else you want to know <laughs> <laughs> The stories around us, like, Matt, the day your parachute didn't open, you don't talk about what you had to fucking, you know, <laughs> to drink the night before. Like, <laughs> those parts of a story shrink in your mind and yeah. shrivel and go, and you go, aye, and then the parachute, I was pulling at it. <laughs> I remember that. And the reason he's got the tapes, because there's a woman called Laura Didio who works for, she was a reporter at the time for Channel 5, and she has commu- uh, connections in the psychic community. So she went and interviewed the family and she pushed the story along, right? 
So one second, sorry. Um, I'm looking again at the aspect because I think it's going to go down the the route of this is all a hoax. Um, to make the horror franchise, it, so that they don't when, even use that word. At no, at no point, and no. you can tell why towards the end. Yeah. Um. So when the Lutz family leaves the house after living there for 28 days, they lived there 28 yeah. days, then left. Um. They had a bunch of people trying to get the story, and sorry, it's Didio. What's her name, Laura? Uh, uh Laura Didio. Yeah. So Laura says, and I got the exclusive because I reached out and I said I have connections in the paranormal. Yeah. Community. I'm like, that's the cut. I want to tell her my story. <laughs> All right, that's the one. Get her down. I want the one with the psychic friends, not not these people. This beside this. Get her. You can have the exclusive. <laughs> I don't want people who are going to use empirical evidence. I don't want people who are going to investigate. I, <laughs> I need... don't want people who are going to work out that the house got a yeah. foreclosure on it. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. That's who you're going to call. Yeah. I want the people that can make money if this story's true. That's who I want to tell my story. The ones that have a fucking but a that... lottery ticket on their hands, if that's the case. But the whole thing is hanging on Daniel and his behavior. And there is a there is a cockiness to him. And all I kept thinking was, I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. That cockiness. And almost like, I'm like, are you lying? Are you lying? And then I'm thinking, hang on. Don't we hate in others what we see in ourselves? I'm like, ah, shit. Am I, <laughs> am I like him? Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck it, man. You're not. You know, but I know plenty like it where God. like every story, so they have to. Just before I tell you, just just remember that I am actually a badass, you know. So <laughs> he comes up to me and says this. And I'm like, well, fuck, no. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, sir. This is how this goes. Because yeah. then you start to hear what George Lutz, the stepfather, was like to them growing up. And you hear stories of them beating the fuck out of them with wooden spoons yeah. and making them march around because George Lutz is ex-Marine. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he's drill sergeant in the kids. And he when he took on the kids, and this is, this is a tell straight away, right? This is, sets the alarm bells ringing. He took on the kids... And he said, the only way I'm going to marry you is if everybody takes my name so that yep. everyone knows they all belong to me. They're my possessions. That That's not our kids work, but George. There was a thing, and I'm not sure if I misheard it, where he said there was a, a meeting with the mother and their biological father. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I, I took it the other way. Um, because, but I think from what we heard about George Lutz, that's definitely the case. But I took it as in the dad had said, you can only marry my wife if you, the kids <laughs> change their names as well. I don't want nothing to do with that little kid. Because isn't it? I, I mean, I'm quoting two and a half men here, but I think you have to stop. You, you get to stop paying alimony if they remarry. Oh, really? And I thought it could be a little thing like that because you don't hear about their dad again. No, God, no. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, but he... Um, and he says, right, so they move into this house. Oh, sorry, the last quote on that that's worth saying is it goes, from that point on, I, I try to destroy this guy's world. Yeah. And that that's why I'm going to be reasonably nice to him, just in case he ever hears this episode and comes over. And I'm moving. I'm not going to live in Kent anymore. Yeah. I'll this find you, be a Rick. I'll find you. Don't <laughs> you worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be online. Um, 
So they move into this house and he said, yeah, and Father Ray was asked over as the day we were moving in to bless the house. Okay, all right, fair enough. That's a that's a weird. This is in the movies. These in. these bits are, are right, in all yeah. the movies as well. Um, and he is in. I've written here. He is intense. He is proper, scarily intense. And then he says, and she said, "Yeah, and your your stepdad died." And he went, "I can't help but smile that my stepdad's dead." And she went, "Really?" He went, "Well, I tried to kill him over fifty times." What do you? What have you got? A spreadsheet? <laughs> didn't work. He got all scientific with it. Failed. Didn't work. Do you know what? Next method. He does, he does look like the brain from Pinky and the Brain. So it's like, well, Daniel, what are we going to do this evening? <laughs> Same thing we do every evening. <laughs> and people know him now. I always get. Do you know what's always upset me? Right in comedy is. When you meet a character actor, and you're like, what's your name? And it's like, oh, I'm, I'm Billy Smith. You know, all right, Billy, and you're chatting away. And then they go on stage and they're like, uh, Terry Goobins. And you're like, well, what's your name? And they're like, well, it's, well, actually, my real name's John. And you're like, hang on, you gave me a name when I met you. You've got a different name on stage and you've got a name here. What the, f- what are you afraid of? <laughs> So he's got three different names because of the different characters in the films. So he absorbs them. This kid, mm. do you know the actress Sally Field? Right, she did a uh, she did a a film called Sybil, and it was a true story about a woman who had multiple personalities. And we were we were forced to watch it as children in school, and it was brutal. Now this is how brutal it was. Uh, you know them things you can put in a cigarette lighter in a car and then you can put it mm-hmm. in your cup and it warms up a cup of coffee? Her mum inserted one of those inside her, right? And this is a true story and it's fucking brutal. We were made to watch that. And he reminded me of her and the different personalities and how they were tortured as kids and how they had to create these personalities to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I see that because it's an abusive parent, man. Yeah. It fucks you up. Because this George and sounds abusive, right? And because he was in the military, what do they do in the military? They break you down. And he's trying to do this. And the kid was 10. He's trying to, you know. Exactly. You do have to remember he's a 10 years old when he's talking yeah. about this stuff. And the he's like, I protect my mum and stuff like that. It's, yes, it's, it's, which is what you say a, as a 10-year-old, isn't it? What I think they said on um, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley, the uh, the Holmes, uh, Elizabeth, yeah, Elizabeth Holmes, Holmes. well remembered. When they say, "Is this a constructed reality in her mind?" and she doesn't know, she's lying. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think she believes she's in the right, and I see like there is because he's not fucking Daniel Day Lewis. This is this is convincing the stuff he's saying. Oh, but yeah. there's also yeah, yeah, yeah. there's also aspects where it becomes poking at the truth where he gets fucking prickly later on. Yeah. Like Yes. Yeah. But uh so a little few things. So they go into a bit more about the Amityville thing. So these are the kind of things that happen and these are the ones highlighted within like the movies, the Simpsons episodes, the books, <laughs> all that stuff. All the parodies, this this comes from it. Um so there'll be like five hundred flies in a room in December. And then he tells a story about how he goes and kills all the flies, brings his mom up to show them, and there's no flies there, and there's yeah. no newspaper there anymore. Yeah. Um, cold spots in the house, 
red eyes, which he described as a cartoon pig with teeth, Laser jolting eyes. sounds. And he also says that uh, he was closing, a, opening a window, and then something closed the window on his hands, mushing his hands, and his hands were instantly better. Yep. It was just weird. Now, all of those things, I think, could be a child trying to come to terms with domestic abuse. Yes, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think, I mean, exactly from what, what I think. what's yeah, yeah. described as George Lutz and what other people describe him as, because you don't know what could set him off. Um, smashing a kid's hands into a window seems not beyond the pale of reality. But it also seems not beyond the pale of reality that a kid would trap his fingers in a window, right? Yeah. Bear in mind, no, also... no word of a lie, I shut my penis in our French doors the other day by mistake because of the way, yeah, it, it's easily done and I'm a 50-year-old bloke and it's not like I'm blessed, Rick, so it's just... You can yeah. see as someone, you know, just hurts. Where do their... your where do your French doors come out at? Is that like conservatory doors? Into the garden. I wasn't naked. I was just doing this thing and it just caught me me knob and it just it hurt. It like really hurt. So it's not Did you beyond... take a lie detector on that. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> 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 all I need to know. That's all I need to know. We'll post pictures in the Facebook group. It'll be okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't get too many likes that picture of Matt's hip operation for some reason. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Uh, like, and the fact that some rooms are, rooms are colder than others. Like, I've... Just say if I lived at a house in Kent, I've got rooms like that. Mm. That's not... Yeah, a, yeah, this, yeah. And again, it's a child's... A, a traumatized child's yeah. mind. Not only that, it is a reinforced narrative. Of course, because they've made films about the whole thing. They've right? made films, but they yeah. put that story out. They went on TV and said all this shit. Yes, Merv Griffin. Damn you, Merv. Um, and then he knows, and he says this. He goes, "Look, I know I was possessed. The spirit of something passed right through me." And if I was asked to describe it, it's like numbness after being electric shocked. Well, how the fuck would you know what that's like, Daniel? Oh, that's right. Your dad, your stepdad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's just, and the more you watch it and you think, ah, you're Timothy Treadwell, you're Timothy Treadwell. Oh, no. Oh, no, you're not. You're just an abused little boy. Oh, well, well, maybe Timothy Treadwell was, and we've been mean to him for no reason. we got to go back. we got to scrub that episode. <laughs> We, um, I've got survivor's guilt. This, this, because this movie's had a little bit of an impact on me, just because of the iconography of haunted houses. Right. So, like, when we moved into our last place in London, there was a room Ari just barked in, and me and my mate are like, "Yeah, we're moving. This is." <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm not even going to look at the ceiling right now. I know there's nothing there. There is nothing there. I'm going to leave the room right now. <laughs> And when I was watching this and they're going through the archetypes of the movie, I hear this noise like a... And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then he looks up and I'm like, you hear that as well? She's like, yeah, I heard that as well. And then um, I'm like, all right, that's weird. No one comes in our fucking garden because we've got the dog and we're very antisocial. People have to give us three weeks notice of their fucking coming around. Trust me, ask any fucking friend. They, they need a fucking written yeah, permission family. from the consulate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A fucking letter from the consulate to fucking come round. Yeah. And um, we hear it again. And now it seems, now Ari's up. Ari's up and his fucking tail's wagging me dog. And he's like, mm. and he's doing his grunt like, who's there? 
and um uh, and I'm I'm trying to get this done in time because we are close to the wire on, Again, on Monday we night. We're going yeah. away. And Matt said half eight. And if Matt's doing a half eight recording, you better believe he's asleep by quarter past nine. <laughs> so we need to get this shit done quickly. No word of a lie. Um, I went to bed last night at quarter to nine. Exactly, I was right? So, so I'm trying to act like I don't think someone's in our back fucking garden. And our last gets up with the dog. Right, and there's no one in the garden. They come down. We hear it again when they sit down. And I'm like, all right, and I hear it again. I went, oh, there's a little cupboard under the stairs, and we got like a assortment of dog treats in a box. And I couldn't be asked to take them out of the box, so I just lashed it in the cupboard. And what it is, it's slowly sliding down the other things <laughs> in that cupboard. <laughs> but for a moment there, you're thinking your house is possessed. Oh, we almost moved in. My mother sold the story, and then just. <laughs> Just gaslit into believing that was the truth. It's funny, isn't it? Because I believe in none of that nonsense. But I get frightened, just like I did when I was a kid, and now and again in the dark. And it's ridiculous. I, I don't believe in the God. I don't believe in God, the devil, uh, monster, anything, right? But now and again in the dark, I'm like, what the fuck was that? Because you, you don't know. My second year of university... My finances crashed. All right, I, I, I yeah, barely survived halls of residence. But the second year is when I was not living correctly. Here's how bad it. Like I, I came home for the summer. I couldn't adapt to being around me folks again. Which I wish I remembered that a few months back. <laughs> um, so I went back down to uni first. So I'm the first one in the house. No one's coming. Everyone's went and got summer jobs. I'm just in this house on my own. And uh, I didn't have a light bulb. The only light bulb that was in one of the cupboards was a red light bulb. So, <laughs> so like, when you turn that on at night, you... you Rexon! I know, I know. I look like it's a... It, it, from the window, it looks like a brothel, but inside, it looks like hell. I swear to God, the amount of women I scared out of that room by going, yeah, yeah, come on in. Uh, don't put the light on. Oh, <laughs> shit, they put the light on. Um, but so you'll be in, in your bed at night, alone in this house, right? And you start to go, you, everyone's been, you go a little bit crazy being on your fucking own. And this is why lockdown was a piece of piss for me because I'd, I'd done this kind of stuff. And it was, I, it must have been the water boiler, but it just sounded like something was walking up the stairs. And I, and in your mind, terrifying. You just, you just go through different things you in your mind, and yeah. it'll be like a breeze, and like the fucking bathroom door would just creak slightly with the wind, and you're like, Ehh! and you're like, right, well, if it's someone is in here, they're gonna have to look like dicks and open the door. All right, I'm not walking out <laughs> so they can jump out on us. Like, I'm not putting the red light on. That's for fucking sure. Like. <laughs> This is what I don't like about my two new cats, because if I have a night terror, uh, yeah, my my old cat used to know that and used to come in and like get me back to sleep. The, these two, they, I don't know, they they're noobs, right? They're newbies. They haven't got a clue what's <laughs> going on. All they hear is me screaming and they're running away. I love the idea that your missus is next year, like, oh, the cat's got this one. She can, <laughs> yeah. The cat's having to force a wallet into Matt's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he's thrashing like a toddler um right so he he knows he's he was possessed right and then they interview so the channel five people who were doing a story on it decide to spend the night to check out the authenticity of 
the It's Haunted claims. And these guys are like the South Park characters. They take the piss out of when they're going, nin, 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 nin. <laughs> like, each one of them goes into a different room, goes, ooh, I feel something here. Yeah. And here's what I don't get, right? They said, oh, it's in the sewing room. That's where it's strongest. So what you're saying is somebody was murdered. Their spirit doesn't go to where it's meant to go to. It stays and hangs around, but it can only be in the sewing room. What? So what? it doesn't go to heaven or hell as you claim it should. It hangs around. It becomes a demon as long as you're in the sewing room. What? What? There's a great build. What is there a clause here that the demon yeah. has the sign up to? You can be a demon. There's a couple of drawbacks. Your working space of... is very small, but you can make all the clothes well, you want. It's an interesting point, that because if you look at it logistically, if ghosts existed, you wouldn't actually be able to move for them. Yeah, because if you think of the amount of people that's died, yeah. yeah, it would be that would be everything. That that well, could actually be contributing to greenhouse gases. <laughs> that could. <laughs> If we could get them to vote, oh, imagine what way we could swing it. There's a great YouTube video on that. What the world would be like if, uh, what's it? If everyone who's ever been born would come back again. It's not as many as you'd like to think. Fair enough. And um, but that has just made me think of this. It's it's my one of my favourite YouTube channels. And then we will get on with this documentary. It's called uh, Metal Ball Studios. Oh, you've mentioned Metal Ball Studios. And they do comparisons. And the one I watched the other day was um, comparisons of which country drinks the most or uses the most water every day. Right. And they do it in such a great graphical format. It's well worth watching on YouTube if you get a chance. Hmm. Anyway, Channel 5. There's a moment, sorry, where the reporter, Laura, says to him in this dingy little room where they've cornered him so he has to keep talking instead of wandering off and playing the fucking guitar um the the and uh, so this is you've said that he's the, the line where he says he's happy that george lutz is dead yeah and uh because he says i have to smile every time you say that and the reporter went oh is is he here All right, no, I'm glad he's dead. All right, fair enough. Now, at this point, right, so the uh, my missus walked in, and she's a social worker. So she stopped, looked in, and she went, is it scary? Because I don't like horrors. I won't watch horrors. She had a very funny comment about that, yeah, and, when you were on the and, phone. And I, he rarely, rarely intercedes in our phone calls, but yes, when she does, it's to cut my sneeze out in an instant. And it's, <laughs> she's very good at it. Um, but she popped in, and she went, what's going on here? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to explain this whole thing. Um, and I said, he's, I said, I think he's got PTSD. And she watched it and she went, the director of this, the people making the film are being irresponsible. They're not looking after this guy's mental health needs. This is disgraceful. And she started getting into it. And I was like, can I stop you there? Because we're on a fucking deadline. I really want to <laughs> hear about this. But you know how antsy I get because I have to edit. Uh, can you give all this stuff later? But yeah, she's the same as me. She's like, look, this guy is damaged. And He's, just and, yeah. and they were triggering this guy, right? Because they just kept poking the bear. But I think this was his doing this show. 
What? What that? Okay, that that doesn't make it any better because everyone else went well, well. Okay, we'll do it with you then, Daniel. Um, that's true. That's well, that, true. Well, but it seems very catered to him. They have yeah. his child, the childhood reporter, with him. Then, then you know who the exec see... producer was, don't you? Was it him? No, it was her. Ah, so it might be her thing. Oh shit! Nah, it's her thing then. Yeah. That's Laura Didio. It's one of the exec. Laura Didio. Is that yeah. makes a bit of sense? Because yeah, yeah. you can tell when she's done her last interview with him because she starts saying some things that she he wouldn't have liked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then this is the bit. I like I said, I fell asleep for about six minutes, and we're on a time thing, so I couldn't come back to it. But there was a, suddenly a purple lady appeared. And was she the psychic? The one the one with Jesus' cross. Oh my god. Right. So this scene. <laughs> Who this was she? is why. That's the bit I didn't is... get. That's the bit I want to ask you about. Who the fuck was she? This is where you need an every man like Louis Theroux in the room. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. she comes in and she is dressed like a psychic. She has two beehives and a diagonal coming out of her head. And her eyebrows are like tents. Like if you if if you're to draw a tent crudely it's that triangle so she constantly looks surprised or intrigued and she's of like she's very old now but she was one of the psychics they got into the house and you can tell ah uh, okay all right yeah 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 and she turns around and she says because da- daniel lutz has got a very different demeanor around her god yeah like yeah, yeah. she's was very different... motherly towards him yes um, she believes him and, yeah and because no sit one down. believes him and she looks around and goes, uh, does everyone here have faith in Christ or God? And then Daniel Lutz steps up, because he's always got to be the hard man, goes, be honest, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out on it. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> what? At that point, I in my room, watching on YouTube, I went, uh, I, I don't believe in, in God, Mr. Lutz. I'm sorry, sir. And then she's like, I don't know if I should show you this then because it's disrespectful. And then they show it and goes, this is the actual crucifix of God. He gets into it with like a sound guy. And says, like, oh, I'm just not sure. I've not been on the journey. And he goes, all right. And you can tell he wants to be aggressive, but this yeah. guy is calm enough yeah. to to kind of maneuver around that. He's like, look, I've just not had your experience. I'm still on my own journey. Yes. He didn't go, no, mate, I'm getting paid 45 an hour to hold this stick so I can hear <laughs> what you say. Um, uh, but she says to him, so I don't know what purple old lady's name was, but she said, you never did anything bad, did you, Daniel? And then he looks at the camera and he sort of smirks. And then they start asking him about like, well, where did you go when you were 16 or 17? Uh, yeah, this and is it, another thing. Well, and he misses a heartbeat, right? And it's almost why he tries to think of a lie. And he went, I went to live in a desert. And like, where the fuck did you pull that from? Did you? That seems. And that's biblical as well. That's the 40 days, 40 oh nights God. type thing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Of course. Yeah, I was in the desert. So Go like, on, Patrice. It's, e- it's easy to, you know, live and, you know, lived on people's couches. What, your friend's couches in the fucking desert? Well, uh, and then, so that just becomes odd. But when you hear back the rest of his timeline, his mom lets him leave home at like 15, 16. So he has yeah. another like four or five years in this abusive thing. And he goes into it. He talks about, uh, well, we'll kind of. But can we just get back to the cross? Yeah, of... Exactly. Yeah, we'll go Cause... back to the crucifix. Cause... Really. She says, 
Okay, so we have uh, we have a relic of the cross that Jesus was crucified on here. And I'm like, what? She's like, this is the actual wood from the cross. Like, what? Really? That wouldn't still be around. That was, I, I, I then fired up my calculator. That's 1,989 year old wood. What did they Ron seal that when he was done? What? It's because she was saying like the reason why they were okay in the house is because they're baptized. That that was her uh, methodology of it, and she says, and they were oh, so did you have the crucifixion in the house? She went no, I didn't have it then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I had a bit of this dude's hair. I got this dude here. He's thing called Jesus's cross. Padre Pedal or something. I don't know. Padre Pedal. The six He's minutes famous... I missed seems pivotal. All right. So Padre Pedal, she says, is uh, uh, we should have googled. Yeah, I know. Right. I know. Um, he is a famous. Must have been a disciple esque Christian leader. And she's got a lock of his hair, and she says he came to me and said, "Do not go back there." you will die. And as weird as what it sounds of everything we spoke about, um, I've had a similar experience, which um, we had a gig coming up in Crawley recently. (laughs) (laughs) And I had an apparition. (laughs) Oh, there you go, Rick. Do not fucking go back there. (laughs) You will die there. Yeah, I've had moments where I went and did a gig at Eastbourne once. I mean, I hadn't gigged in Eastbourne for a while. Um, not not the Sunday night one. Um, it's on the outskirts. <laughs> I, I clarified it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, done, the, I've done those outskirts ones. And it was the weirdest thing because I walked into the room. I had to call my mate and I went, I walked in. I kind of recognized it. And I looked up and saw the ceiling and I was like, People have died here. <laughs> it's like it was like Sin City, Marv, when he goes to the farm and he goes, "People have died here the wrong way." <laughs> and, I, and I looked at the ceiling, and I don't know what happened to me there, but I must have had an awful, uh, an awful show the first time I did it there because I was like, I, I recognize this fucking awful roof. <laughs> oh man. Um. Well, poor, poor Daniel. Just while they while they're there with the, uh, what she a psychic. Um. He is incredibly respectful of this woman. It's the only time in the whole documentary he's not angry. Um, he only gets angry when anyone doesn't buy into what she's doing of. Um, mm. And he he does the sign of the cross. So straight away then, it, I didn't realise how religious he was until that point. I thought he was a bit yeah. religious, but then I was like, oh my God. And, she's and like, then you start... I'm starting to piece together because now I'm kind of believing that he believes it. Exactly right. Ex- I'm at exactly. this point and yeah, this yeah, is where yeah. it kind of comes fascinating to watch. Yes. And you're hearing questions because that Laura is not daft. She's asking the right kind of questions yes. and, and going like, so they're saying there was a personality tw- switch after the move. Yeah. And, he, and then they went, yeah, but so there was no kind of violence from George to you before you move and he's like oh no he beat the fuck out of me yeah before that that was before and after so it's like all right so this is going on before this is and then says the day that it all kicked off is 
Um, and they, they say women were charmed by the house where men became more aggressive. And you think, well, it's a waterfront property, and of course they're going to be happier. But um, <laughs> it's Ocean then, Avenue. What a great address! Yeah. And they um, they say the day that they had to flee and leave that house, um, they were taking down Christmas decorations. So it was January sixth. They have a word for what day it is. They the Christian word is the reason why they do it. Six days after fucking. It's called epiphany. Whatever. Epiphany. The Epiphany Day, right? Which is a weird day that they decide to leave. But um, it's almost as if they're writing a story for us. <laughs> and I was thinking, if you've got an abusive stepdad, and what kind of triggers could set off a huge turn of events in the house of violence, decorating would be fucking up there with me. Oh, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's the day I think he gets his hands smashed. Yeah, maybe. Um, that poor kid, right? Um, because effectively you're watching a bloke fall apart. That's that's what you're doing. And he said he he said, look, I've stopped trying to persuade people that I was possessed. What's the point? He goes, I know it happened. Nobody nobody believes me, but I know it happened. Although the psychic yep. believes him, yeah. But he's so intense. I mean, really fucking intense. And this was made what nigh to to. Nine years ago, was it eleven years ago? What's going on with my what's going on with my brain lately? I'm losing. My, but this my is brain. this is where the reconstructed reality thing really plays in for me. I found interesting to see. And again, if this did happen, I can't apologize enough. But I I think it's an abused child who's sorry because there there is more discussion on George Lutz than there is the fucking demon. Yeah. That smashed his fingers and then whacked a wound. Yeah. Well they brought the in, kitchen. They brought in a um, they brought in another expert and she was and again sorry, I didn't make a note of her name, but she was saying, Look, I believe that he believes that this all happened to him and that all of those experiences were real. Because the way that memory works is we only remember about ten to twenty percent. And then we fill in the blanks. And she said, so if it's suggested to you, and she goes, and we've done this in experiments. These are well-known experiments. It's the it's the power of, so when you visualize, like the, they got people to practice shooting basketball hoops and they got people to uh, play it over in their mind. It was as if they had done it. Yeah. Um, and they, they had just as... Uh, just as much accuracy after doing that for 30 days as the people who actually practice doing it. It's the power of the mind. The mind is a powerful thing. And she says, yeah, he's probably just, he's constructed this stuff is what I believe. Because the stories don't make a whole heap of sense. Like they're saying, so he goes downstairs when he's got his fingers crushed to the bone. His hand is mushed. Yeah. So he goes downstairs and it's not, fr- like, I mean, you're 10 years old. You'll be fucking screaming for a start. I don't care how hard you say your persona is yeah. now. You'd be beyond consolable. And he's downstairs of his mum after this happened and she's wrapping her hand. And then the door opened. A spirit came in, sat in the chair and looked at them. And, she, and then Laura's trying to stop and go, so what happened then? And he's getting arsy at that question because... Yeah. When, like we've had a chat recently, like when a story's in a neural pathway in your mind, yeah, 
you can't veer off without getting, you know, yes, yeah, yeah. frustrated or it pokes holes out of maybe and it becomes closer to the truth. Becomes, but going, yeah, well, she's fixing my hand, so we're looking at it and she looks back at me and then she's doing the hand and we look back and the thing's gone. If something comes into the room, you got to fucking, you bounce. Like, okay, oh, we go. Like, <laughs> a demon. He said, um, yeah, so, it, George could move objects with his mind and he saw it. Oh, yeah, um, this... This was again. So they go and George has all these because this is a, the there is some really aggressive psychic type people, and you think they're debunking it, but they're not. They're saying George's occult behavior woke something up in the house. Yeah, and they're yelling, they're they're shouting over well, Laura on it. Like that's yeah. not good interviewing. Well, well, they're in they're enforcing. They're saying to Daniel, "No, go on, yeah, go on, t- tell us more." Because that might all be true, Daniel. He's like, it fucking is true. Um, he Listen. said his him and his brother shared a levitation experience. Now, I do have some genuine experience of this. I have had a out-of-body experience. I've had I know, a, but, but, but Matt, you took a shit ton of drugs back in the day, pal. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He could have, someone could have, they could have roofied him, right? I think it's suggestibility um, because they're saying he has books on mind control. He has the books yeah. on hypnotism is a big one. Yes. And then yeah. when he's calmly saying that he has the power of telekinesis yeah, and he's just like, yeah, I walked into the garage once Seen and then they it. didn't, they, I walked into the garage. They didn't know I was there. How do you walk into a garage without someone fucking noticing yeah. you? And then um, he could pick up a wrench without picking it up. And then once he had it, he could move it. Although it took uh, him quite a while to put it down. Yeah, it took a few. That's the thing about moving things with your mind. Yeah. It takes ages. <laughs> ages. Well, the paperwork, Rick. It's, I mean, that's it's... just... <laughs> um, he then said, and this, this, this tickled me a bit. He went, yeah, I became hyper-aggressive. Became? No, you are hyper-aggressive. In fact, yeah. hyper-aggressive is where you start from. Yeah. He said he was put into... He ran away so much. No, his parents went on a... Um, they went on a, a tour because Wait they were there. promoting their books. Hold your horses. We've got just a little bit before that. Oh, okay. So they put all the psychics and stuff in the rooms. Reporters are with them. Now, the psychics and the reporters have two very different tones of fucking voice about it, don't they? <laughs> this, they're very remarkably different, the tones of voices between the news reporters, the state hour, and the psychics. Because um, a news and, reporter has to work again, right? And be legitimate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no. A news reporter has work. The psychic's trying to get work. Is <laughs> the fucking difference. Um, and then they show you pictures. And there's one picture where there's like a child's face. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, go on. Now, I don't know if they've slipped that in there after the fact and went, oh, yeah, this is one of the ones you took. Oh, of the kid in the corner at the top yeah, of the stairs. Yeah, that's that's one. The cr- when why they have you brought that into... back into my head? Fuck yes. So okay. so that's another. Like, oh yeah, that's a little. That that is a little bit fucking creepy. Um, me mate, uh, who we're gonna get to do a horror, the whole horror thing. He was. I, I'll I'll leave it to him because I'm trying to get him to tell his horror stories and yeah, all that okay. kind of yeah, shit. Yeah. So we'll leave it for that. But that is going to be the ultimate specialist Patreon, possibly real episode that we put out yeah so we're basically to do room 237 matt has to watch the shine and, and, and we get to do not, a watch along i do not watch horror films even even this i push back on rick can normally suggest something and i'm like yeah okay 
And he suggested this. I'm like, no, sounds scary. And you were like, no, 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 it's not scary. It's about this kid. And I'm like, sounds scary. I thought scary. it was about the hoodwink. Honestly thought it was about the hoodwink. And then you sold it to me. And when it started, I went, he's fucking lied to me. <laughs> he's, he's used his words and he's lied. Um, but then saying that, I did ask for you to find someone uh, who's a bit Timothy Treadwell and you fucking nailed it. So, uh, yeah. Again, but this poor man was a lot more damaged than Timothy Treadwell. And on this one, we find out why he's damaged. You didn't find out with Treadwell, right? I'll tell you, there was one thing, just to go back to the house, because there's only really three three interviews they could sit him down for. So it's... it's yeah. The, to watch it, but like, if you're interested in the Amityville, this is worth checking out. It's interesting. And just it's a, really, a, yeah. a, a, a depiction of like just a human mind as well. Yes. Um, that psychic lady's house, the fucking roosters. What did they have? <laughs> what did I miss the big? That was that. The, what happened in those six minutes? I was asleep. No, just, I'm watching this. And then, like the cockerel is crowing three times. That's how religious the fuck it is. But both the cats um, came running in. Right, they're like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Is that is that next door's garden?" <laughs> I'm like, "No, is that on? That can't be on the document." What? And then. The psychics that are arguing with Laura, I will say this, okay? If you're a true psychic, you know you don't have to wear a fucking turtleneck, right? But when you see them both there dressed as slam poets, you're like, I think you're trying to get something across here, pal. <laughs> <laughs> you had to know he was going to wear the same thing because <laughs> your mate's wearing the exact same fucking top. So his parents did a movie tour, uh, pushing the book and stuff, and... They put him into a Catholic church for a few months and they committed exorcisms on him. And they and as it, to use his words, he had the shit beaten out of him by priests. That sounds very believable. I don't reckon he made that up. I just, yeah, I felt for him. I was like, oh, this kid's fucking. Being and it's the it, fact man. they're on a book tour. Do you know what I mean? This was a calculated financial move. Yeah. This is a guy whose business was failing. There was a foreclosure on the house, which they then say, how does it foreclose after 28 days or, or, or something like that? But he may have just bought it with money he didn't have. And then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the check um, bounced. Yeah. They left everything there, which was a good touch. But saying that, I then thought about this. You know, I don't know the character's name, but Randy Quaid in... Independence Day. The I told president? you. No, he's the uh, oh no, the one no, who yeah, was abducted. Yeah. I told you. One of one of the most offensive depictions of a Jewish man ever. No, like, no, the um, no, the 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 drunk. Oh shit! From Kingpin. Yeah, I yeah, know. yeah. Like, hey boys, yeah. I'm back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you think it? Fuck. What if? What if Daniel Lutz is him? What if he's Randy Quaid from Independence Day? And I'm like. No, that's all made up too. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did stuff to him. Yeah. <laughs> that's... And then the documentary, it gets fucking scary. With one question. Cause... Oh, wait there, wait there. We'll build to that because I know which one you're coming to, but yeah. that gets heated. So they start to ask the questions you're screaming in your mind, basically. They yes. start to say, oh, well like, but yeah. did, you, did you doubt yourself? 
they're trying. They've already had the, the expert pop in with an off camera. Danny, Danny's not there when the experts talking yeah. about reconstructed realities. No. Um, and then he talks about George believed, and uh, he could he could uh, basically mind control and shit like that that he's saying he was proper about the occult so he's got a good knowledge of the business of this stuff and what stories sell for george again it's kind of adding to all this shit um thought projection telekinesis um don't forget he was in the military as well right they studied that shit in the military you ever read the uh, men who stare at goats that covers all of that they've looked into this stuff mk ultra is real like they've looked at that sort of insane stuff that we say is insane now, but there are just do you know when he's telling the story about seeing the wrench sentence. The story about uh, seeing the wrenches. Yes. Move. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But what you would do is you would attach a truth to a massive lie. And you yes. would concentrate on the truth. I met such and such. Do you know you drove a Peugeot one oh six? They got one point six liters. Like and it was just the the formula to it was just insanity. Um, and he does this because when he talks about the wrenches thing and he goes, and I had a doctor's appointment that night. I told them the whole story and he wrote it down in a pad. That's in a doctor's filing cabinet somewhere. And it's like, I did, did. So did he pick up wrenches with other stuff then? Like, do you think he moved your bed with you your mind? You need to you ask the doctor. I told him everything. Well, just tell us because we're filming this. And you did agree to be in the documentary, which is about you. And it's funny because whenever he's telling a story, right, and he's given a dialogue between his mother and him, you have to keep reminding yourself that he's 10 years old when he's claiming to say this because the rhetoric he's using within the dialogue is of a 40-year-old divorced man with kids. (laughs) He does say, though, he does say the person you're speaking to now is the outer shell that's trying to protect the 10-year-old boy yeah. that lives within me. So he understands the psychoanalysis language. And mm-hmm. you get the impression from him, as as aggressive as he is, that he's not a dumb man, right? He does... No, no, d- no. Like no by, he's a, not, he's not sure. by a long shot, you, you're like, okay, well, you're not fucking dumb, right? You... You clearly understand it. And the way he tackles questions, you can tell this guy has been sparring all his life. Everything for him is an argument. So when someone hits him with an argument, he's really good at arguing back. There is, like, there is well, a let me bit. tell you what you've said there. Well, you answer my question. Well, yeah, you have to deal it. with my level of aggression, which backs people off. Yeah. They they go they go one to fucking nine very quickly, so you don't ask yeah. your seventh or eighth question. You're on yeah. thin eyes, um, which is nurture like that. That's exactly how they describe George Lutz. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the yeah. world he grew up in. Yes, but there is a point when he's in the car with Laura, and he's got his glasses down by his nose, talking like he's got the shades. He's been playing the guitar again. And he's just rattling off like, I do believe there is evil in this world. And that takes whatever form it chooses to take. There is an evil. And she has a look on her face that I saw in Bobby Fisher when that guy is interviewing at the end of Iceland. And he's 
just a, he's just rattling all that. You can tell they've had to cut a lot of stuff out of yeah, this and yeah. all these chests. And she is literally just driving, going, "Yeah, that's the, the devil. That's very nice." So, yeah. <laughs> right. So then it comes to the point I think you've been wanting to talk about because well, this, this is it. This is, is the end, and this is, this is as prickly as it gets as a person. Yeah, this was really uncomfortable. And he said, "So the this is Eric Walter, the director says." to Mr. Lutz, would you submit to a lie detector test? Polygraph, yeah. Because they use the word polygraph because, again, you soften all your words around these people. Of course you do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And he said, yeah, would you submit to a polygraph? Daniel puts in an argument that as hyper-aggressive as it is, it's a fair fucking argument. And he goes, well, let, let me ask... Let me ask your let me answer your question with a question. Because <laughs> he's thought about these answers, and of to me, this answer is nonsensical. Right? He just hoped they back off. Yeah, and then he says to him, and I think this is what makes him back off a little bit, but he get does get a bit sarky. And Daniel says, "I am going to have words with you after this." <laughs> Fucking hell! When did it get all these then? The first thing that happens, he goes, is there something that this little metal device will tell you that I'm not? And he went, well, yeah. It'll, it'll let you... And he went... It'll tell me if you're polygraphing. Like, Don't... Yeah. <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, yeah well, you know, I'm just... I, I'm, I'm speaking for other people. And he went, Don't pull this bullshit with me. I'm going to have words with you after this. It was like, fucking terrifying. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he's done after that. He slouches back, yeah. he lights a cigarette, and yeah. that's that's the end of the documentary. That's that's it. That's done. Would a machine validate your belief in my words? Well, if and it he showed went, that your heart rate d- yeah. depicted you a lion, it would help reinforce them. But, um, mate, I, I think you picked well. It was it was a genuinely... It, I know I had to be strong-armed into watching it, but... Um, I really enjoyed it. I must admit, I really enjoyed I, it. Just, I, just watching have, this poor man. It, it was almost, um, it was almost there for the grace of God. Go I. I could feel some of his pain. I really could. Like, yeah, I, like hell, I said, I, I fully believe that he's not in on some kind of hoodwink. I think it is akin to uh, abducted in plain sight. Yes. His, like this kid believed yeah. that there was fucking aliens coming. If she didn't have that eureka moment where someone took her to her side and explained, this is why this happened, this is why that happened. Yeah. Because if it did happen like that, the mother doesn't go on a year-long fucking book tour. Do you know what I mean? They don't yeah. cherry-pick who comes and gets the story from them. Yeah. Yeah, she was taking the fella out of the equation so he couldn't hurt her boys anymore, right? I think it was a money thing because they took another four or five years to get divorced. Like they were still together, but they were in this then. And it's abusive. Like people don't leave abusive relationships easily. There's no, no I guess there's, it's hard to fucking hold that against it because people are yes, in cycles yeah. and they abused, blame themselves and then think they deserve do, yeah. it and all yeah. kinds of things. Like that. And it sounds like this guy was a great A fucking piece of shit. Yes. So getting away from that and then your money's tied into all this fucking story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, I felt for him in the end. I really felt for him. I wanted to give him a hug, but I also don't want to go don't near want... him, Casey. Yeah, I don't think he would have liked that. <laughs> Punch me in the face. Um, are you checking, are you checking my pulse? 
Um, and then at the end, I, obviously I say to the end credits, uh, the film is dedicated to his mum, Kathleen. So um, he obviously did and, have and words. And the other siblings refused to be interviewed. Yeah. But he obviously did have words. And this is how you're going to pay for this, Eric. <laughs> Dedicate this to my mum. Um, right, man. Give me, give us a score. Let's, let's wrap this one I'm up. I'm giving this a, a fun little 3.5. Um, I wanted the full story on what the Lutzes did. Again, it, it came about the parental abuse there was not there was very little on the defeos there was very little on the other iconography of the amityville which i was kind of looking for because i I found it interesting how they that story was supposed to be manipulated but then you find what a real victim of this now the deville family obviously victims of what had happened previously but this family is just scarred like yeah. it's unbelievably fucking yeah there's people living in that house today do you know they have to yeah. they like i think they changed the road name so tourists would stop they, coming up and trying to get into the fucking amityville house yeah and they changed the numbers yeah yeah so people yeah. just don't imagine i'm not having number 13 on my you can fuck off like yeah. me chance you're putting that on me bins it's <laughs> strange isn't it? um i'm gonna give this a healthy four because i it was just fascinating looking at somebody's psyche. It really was. It was. It's, it there and, was and a, a difference. Little bit soul destroying. Um, yeah, there is a difference in some of the documentaries we watch where they don't sort of interview psychics with and give them credibility. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's worthwhile. <laughs> I might have to now. There's time. I might have to go back and watch those six minutes. Um, so, this microphone is the microphone that Moses used. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Come on, Red Sea part. I've got to do a tight 20 over there in a minute. Um, Don't fake- gig in Bethlehem. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Crawley of Israel. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for joining us on our one-year birthday. Also, a big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters not just they don't just support us financially more than that they actually support us uh what's the word i'm after not morally what's the word when they just keep you going you know when you have a bad day and then one of them will send you a message whatever they that are, is they i'm are, losing my they, words they, they are fucking awesome like they uh, are awesome, uh, everyone that listens is, is appreciated but the the, the people who have uh yeah the they they should really be on the show, if anything. They, um, I think they should. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they just they pick you up after a bad day, and yeah, sometimes you're like, oh god, I've got to do this, and then they're like, hey, and you're like, oh god, of course, I love doing this. Yeah, well, I think you're projecting. What am I doing? I mean, this is. <laughs> I'm, I'm Daniel Latin. <laughs> so thank you, Patreon listeners. Thank you, normal listeners. If you want to join our Patreon, it's very, very simple. Go to Patreon. Go to the link in the show notes. You can't search for us on Patreon because we swear. Matt says, yeah, Matt says we're not suitable for under 18s. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So, in case um, the man comes after us. <laughs> Uh, All the stuff available to under 18s online. It's us. It's us that's the problem. (laughs) Let's make us difficult to market. So, uh, yeah, come join our Patreon. The McMillian stuff that we're currently releasing an episode at a time. Again, I'm loving McMillian's. And what's coming up is um, Making a Murderer, which I'm currently in the middle of. And 
Yeah. I'm so happy. That was meant to be the anniversary show, and then we made the rule of series can't really yeah. bombard people's timelines. So making a murderer, fucking McMillions, the Jinx, yeah. really good episodes, which yeah. um, I, ho- I hope more people get to listen to. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yes, um, so come on board with the Patreon. It's it's great fun, and it really does help support the podcast because, uh, uh, yeah, this shit costs money. Um, so thank you very much for joining us. That is a what's that four five six seven and a half that is you can tell it's late at night as well can't you? so that is seven and a half for my amity since it's horror. been one year what's the top five we've done if since if if you've got that stat nearby by any chance uh that is or have you done them in a spreadsheet without a total i can tell you that oh and just just while matt's doing maths we've got to give matt a big thank you because this this would not <laughs> exist <laughs> Without this fucking Thanks, mate. Uh, right back at <laughs> absolute this a, machine. This is a, when we set it up. Rick said, "Well, look, you're probably going to do a bit more of the work because I know I'm a bit lazy." <laughs> and I went, "Nope, we're fifty-fifty all the way, buddy." Or is it just it creates creates grief? Um, right, what are we after here? We're after what the the highest scores. Yeah, the top. If we give a top five yeah. doc, if you're checking out our one year anniversary, on what's our current top five of documentaries yeah, okay. as voted by, well, Rick and Matt, and I want I want this to be bigger than this. That my dream is to people go, oh, what a discussing documentaries give it like a Rotten Tomatoes thing. Oh, okay. And then they yeah. go, all oh, right, but what did Rick give it? And go, all oh, right, I'm not watching it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the ones that are scored high. Looks like you've got neck problems. Like your your screen is so unnaturally high right now where you look up to to type. So the top five for 2021 are Jonestown, Paradise Ooh. Lost, Searching for Sugar Man. Both of those got 9.5. And wow. Game Changers also got 9.5. And then in 2020, it was Grizzly Man with a nine, Wrestling with Shadows, Abducted in Plain Sight, Team Foxcatcher, American Murderer, The Family Next Door, and West of Memphis. They're all nines. What did Jigs get? Uh, ten. Uh, no, nine. Oh, because you give it a four. Yeah, because I was just, I was quite pissed off because it didn't have an ending. It did have an ending. It's going on. It's now. It's live on, uh, again, thanks to one of our Patreon fans hey do you know this is live currently it's been it's been shown that trial's been shown live on youtube what a time to be alive um right let's wrap it up rick let's wrap it all up. all right it's... so this is coming out the week of uh, matt will's solo show uh check them out favish and fringe as it stands we are currently doing uh, a shit ton of gigs if you're in the southwest for one-off comedy uh, if you UK. check out, yeah. If you check out their Facebook page, and yeah, if you'd like to see us, drop us a message, and we'll see which one we're at. I've uh, and a big shout out to uh, all. All I've ever been looking for is someone to make me laugh, and uh, yeah, I've, I've found another one. I keep finding these people, and I've, I think I found one of the best ever. So thanks, Rick. It's been a that's been a blast, man. Uh, one year. Oh, you're talking about me. I thought we were talking about Daniel Lutz. Cheers, Daniel. Thanks for the laughs, man. <laughs> Love you, Dad. <laughs> Right, uh, I'll see you later. Set up. Take it easy.